tonight I want to discuss Kibra Ve'em related Shilas. Nothing to do with the Parsha or anything, and uh, these aren't even both Shilas that came recently. One was from a couple of years ago, but I found fairly fascinating, and one was from just uh, just last week. I'll, I'll start, I'll mention both Shilas, you tell me which one you want me to do first. So the, uh, the first Shilas from a couple of years ago, there's a fellow who um, is from a very, very from family, very... Uh, yeshivish family, very all of his brothers uh, are, are learning in either Mir or in Lakewood, and uh, his um, it's a last name that you would recognize. His grandfather was one of the Gedolei Adar, like very, very, very from uh, family. And this, this fellow uh, felt very constricted by the whole Haredi lifestyle, you know, the insistence on the black and white and the hat and everything. He just felt very constricted growing up by this, it didn't, none of his brothers or sisters felt that way. They all, you know, went right in line with the families, you know, as Dr. Pelkowitz likes to say, the family's bumper sticker, you know, liquid or die or whatever, you know, like they, they were totally fine with it. He didn't, he, it didn't, didn't, it didn't go for him. And for a while, he, he got thrown out of yeshiva after yeshiva. Ultimately, he stopped uh, being observant. Parents didn't know exactly what he was up to. They knew that he wasn't. They knew he was getting thrown out of yeshivas. They didn't know that he had stopped being observant for a while, for a few years, and um, and and finally, after a while, he grew up a little bit. He matured, and he was choser b'tshuva, but not to a yeshivish lifestyle. He was choser b'tshuva to a modern Orthodox, you know, good modern Orthodox Jew. What I mean, a good modern Orthodox Jew. He davens. He's sincere, he's honest in business, he uh, learns a little bit every day, but he wears jeans. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't wear uh, black and white, and to him, like, the, the, the hat and the black and white, the whole look, like, that's the, that brings back, like, uh, you know, it's, traumatic, it's memories. traumatic memories, yeah. So uh, his mother was, and his, his mother never really understood him. His, his grandfather, who was a Gadol Dara, passed away, really did, one of the Gadol Dara really did understand him, and really, you know, it was probably the only reason he's from today, because his grandfather really helped him out a lot. His mother never really understood. It's like, she didn't get, why can't he just be like everybody else? Why can't he just, you know, wait, like, he comes to my house and he wears jeans? What kind of chutzpah is that? Like, you know, how does, how does he not, how does he not uh, fall in line like everybody else? So, um, his mother was very ill. She had cancer, and uh, on her, as she was dying, as she knew they stopped treating and they were just making her comfortable, she said to him, "I only have one request for me." He said, "Sure, you, whatever, whatever I could do for you." She said, "When you say Kaddish for me, I want you to wear a hat the whole year that you say. I want you to wear a black hat the whole year that you say Kaddish." That was that was her request, and to him, she could have asked for anything in the world. And he would have done it, except for that. Meaning, that, that, that was like, to him, that's like, that's like saying, you know, that which led you to your years of futility and to your years of rebellion. And to, I want you to do that again. And he just, he couldn't stomach it. But he wanted to know whether he's mechayiv to do it. That was, her, that was her last request. Not last request, he had spoken to her a few more times after that, but that was one of her final requests. That was her only major request of him, is he mechayiv to do it. That's Kibra uh, Ve'em Shaili number one. Um, that was from a couple of years ago. Another Kibra uh, Ve'em Shaili, a little less intense. That was kind of an intense one. A little less intense. Um, a uh, a family's making a bas mitzvah for their daughter, 
and um, they're, they called the bas mitzvah for, let's say, five o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday afternoon, not this Sunday afternoon, but on a Sunday afternoon at five o'clock. The world is busy. It's Sunday afternoon. It's five o'clock. And, you know, Hasmada, Kalas and Gabbies, whatever. So, the, sun, so the, the world is very busy. But on, on, on it's a bas mitzvah. It's a six. Whatever. Okay. Right. It's a bas mitzvah. But anyway, it was a bas mitzvah on the Sunday afternoon at five o'clock. The 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 little girl's grandmother says, "I really, really would appreciate it if you can make the bas mitzvah earlier. Make it at two or three o'clock because I have my good friend's daughter's wedding. The daughter is twenty nine years old, and she found the shidduch, and it's a big simcha, and I can't miss my good friend's daughter's wedding. Please, uh, please move the bas mitzvah." Now the little girl says, "We're going to have a fleishig uh, meal, and my friends don't like to eat fleishigs for lunch, and uh, you know, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to adjust my bas mitzvah." So the parents. Of the girl, they don't want to disappoint their their daughter on her day. At the same time, they have uh, their mother slash mother in law to worry about. So he said, "Are they mechuyiv?" They said, "Don't give me eitzah. Don't give me advice. I just want to know my mechuyiv me didn't keep it on the aim to move the suuda to." Uh, so you can see, like, I, I think both stories are stories about how petty sometimes you know people can be in in, in a certain way. But uh, but you know that that. They, they want to know if they're mechuyiv me didn't keep it up. Which Shaili you wanted the first? First one. Okay. So the first one, first, the, the, what's fascinating to me about the first Shaila is how many issues could theoretically be involved? I mean, what, what, what area of halacha, which halachos, or what specific halachos do we have to really figure out in order to properly have a full perspective to answer the first Shaila? Ah, so first of all, potentially midvar sheker tirchak, if he nodded and smiled or something like that, or if he, you know, if he said he would do it, then he then he has that. Um, he sort of changed the topic. He didn't uh, he didn't tell her he would do it, but that would be that would be one of the issues midvar sheker tirchak. Reminding uh, reminding the Okay, but that's not his shaila. That's her shaila. That's her shaila. She didn't ask that. If she, was, <laughs> yeah. if, she, if she was out, of, perhaps if she was out of line, then then ah, so the limits of kibbutz aim, meaning what is considered unreasonable, where a parent can't ask a child to do something. Now, by limits of kibbutz aim, we could really mean two things. First of all, what's considered unreasonable that a parent can't demand that of a child, and beyond that. Is there a mitzvah of kibbutz aim to do something that in no way benefits the parent? For example, let's say my, my mother thinks that uh, I look beautiful in green shirts because I have green eyes and it brings out your eyes. So you should always wear, a, not even blue, she wants me to wear green, let's say. She doesn't, thank God, she's okay with white. But let's say <laughs> she wanted me to wear green shirts. So she's, my mother's in Israel now for my niece's bat mitzvah. It's not the same story. But, <laughs> but my, my mother happens to be in, in, in Israel right now. And my mother says, let's say my mother says to me, I know I'm not going to see you for a few weeks while I'm in Eretz Yisrael, but every day that I'm gone, I want you to wear a green shirt. Am I mechuyiv to wear a green shirt? Let's say I wasn't rabbi. Let's say I, say, you know, I stay home, whatever. It wouldn't be an occupational hazard to wear a green shirt. So would I, would I be mechuyiv to wear a green shirt? It's, it's, my mother said that's what, that's what she wants me to do. Now, it in no way affects her. She doesn't see me, but she wants me to do that. That's her request. Is it unreasonable? Is it, is it, you know, hurtful to me? No, I don't care. But 
Is it my mukhayiv to listen to something like that? So in two ways. What are the limits of Kibra Ravain? What's considered reasonable? Meaning, what's considered an unreasonable demand that a parent can make? And in addition to that, just does Kibra Ravain apply to things that in no way really affects the parent? Now, the question over here is, does this really in no way affect the parent? Whether you wear a hat during, during cottage, yeah? Right, that, that's, that's part of the question. With the emotional damage, meaning the limits of Kibbut Aveim, would that emotional damage override Kibbut Aveim? But there's no, like, Kibbut Aveim if there's no way of them knowing if, if you're doing it or not. Like, if your mom says, like, oh, you should wear a coat if it's under a certain degree, then you're over here, and she's not going to know that you're wearing it. Like, you were saying... Well, you don't know, can't hurt not, you. That's not in the Haggadah. So, okay, that's, that's what I'm asking. Is that in the Haggadah? And is this a case where she's never going to know? Well, she's dead, so she's not going to know, right? But that's a machlokas, actually, in the Gemara, Masechus Brachos, where the dead people know what's going on. And the the minna gets simchas, as we always assume the dead people are there, right? We always say, yeah, they're here, they're celebrating. It's a machlokas, machlokas in the Gemara. Some say yes, some say no. But uh, most people find it most comforting to paskin in... A, someone once asked me, I was at a chasna once, they said, do we paskin in hashkafa? Is there a, is there a psakala, do you, do you paskin like one day in Ashkafa? I don't know, if there is, then that would be how we would paskin, I guess, because that's what everyone seems... Oh, okay. Yeah? Even if the parent benefits or not, in, in this case, isn't there a mitzvah, so like, a uh, kind of remes? Oh, another issue. Mitzvah l'kayim divrei remes. Elsewhere, the mitzvah which means that if someone is makes a dying wish, that has a particular level of uh, of severity to it that you have to listen to it, even if it, even if it's not kibravein. So, how many issues we have here? First of all, we have kibrav laachar misa. What are the limitations? What are the gedarim of kibrav laachar misa? Second, we have the geder or the limitations of kibbutz in general, and by that we mean two things: we mean something that's not no geder to the parent, as well as something that uh, that that's maybe unreasonable of a demand for the parent to make. Every time I hear my Rebbe, uh, Rav Shechter, speak about kibbutz aim, he always emphasizes over and over again that parents have to be reasonable; that parents can't ask unreasonable things of their children. He must get a sense that a lot of parents aren't so reasonable in their demands of their children that a parent has to be reasonable. Third issue is is wearing a hat really something that in some way enhances the kaddish? Is that something that is that a thing, or is that something that's uh, that's made up? Is that a reasonable demand in the first place? Is there is there any reason why one would wear a hat for kaddish? Does that do anything to the kaddish? Uh, fourth, mitzvah l'kayim devarim and fifth, midvar shekatirchak. These would be the issues. At this point, when she requested of her son to wear a hat, what was her status in regards to her health? She was very, very ill. Was she mentally there? She was mentally there. Wouldn't ask me words. That doesn't mean if she if she was drugged or she needed to there would be this. Oh, okay. The truth is, Mitzvah Kaim Divrei Meis may be the easiest one to get out of the way. So let, let's just start with Mitzvah Kaim Divrei Meis. It seems from the Gemara and from the Poskim, the is mitzvah l'kayim divrei meis? Is it a mitzvah or is it a kinyan? Now, the very, the very chakira that all the achronim have. Rav Asher talks. Rav Asher Weiss talks about this in Bereishis Simon Samachvav or Samachzayin, I think, where he uh, he goes he 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 discusses all these uh, you know what kinds of requests does it apply to you know but but the 
the, the Pashat reading of the sugya is that it's really about Mamanus. That Mitzvah Kaim Tivrei is not as broad as it sounds. You know, it sounds like, you say that phrase, it sounds like it's like, oh, you do whatever the dead person wants. That's not really what it means. Mitzvah Kaim Tivrei is about a case where he's telling you where he wants his money to go. And on that level, you have to make sure. So the question is, is that alone a Kenyan, or is that you have a mitzvah to make that Kenyan for him, or to be makna to the person for him, it's a mitzvah in the Yorshim to do that, but it's all in Dine Mominus. So mitzvah like the may sounds like it would be a real issue over here, but probably it's not. I think, I, I think when, I, when the Shiloh first came up, I think I, I think I must have spoken to Rav Asher Weiss about it, and he quoted me a Shoal Meshav or something that says like that explicitly, but I don't remember if I ever looked it up, I ever found. But it seems that way from the Sugya, it seems that way from, from, from the Rishonim. Um, so that's probably the easiest one to, uh, to, to move out of the way. Now, what about the Kibur Aveim La'achar Misa? Is there a mitzvah of Kibur Aveim La'achar Misa? Is there still a mitzvah of Kibur Aveim? So, we're in Kiddushin this year, right? It's enough for the Gemara in Kiddushin. The Gemara says, Mitzvah of La'achar Misa. B'chayov Ketzad. How do you honor a parent during their lifetime? So what does the Gemara say? How do you do it during their lifetime? They, uh, you're not sosers tevarav. You're machilo mashkeu. You give them to eat. You give them to drink. You do acts of service for them. The truth is, um, what what we call honor is really mora, right? Honor, what you would call honor, like not contradicting them, not arguing with them, things like that, standing up for them. That's all uh, mora. Kibud is acts of service. That you, you help them out, you do, you you go shopping for them, you take care of, uh, you clean the house for them, you do acts of service for them that will help them out. Laachar moso the Gemara says. How do you mechabed a parent laachar moso? So the nature of the mitzvah changes entirely. It sounds from the Gemara because the Gemara says after their death you speak reverentially about them. Hareni kaparas mishkavo for the first year you speak you speak in reverential terms about a parent. It's not. Why isn't it any longer to be to do any of the to, to acts of service? Because there are no acts of service. What are you going to do as an act of service? So it's about it's about how you speak about them. It's about reverence. But that's still the mitzvah of kibbutz avim. There's a fascinating discussion about this in Minchas Chinuch in Mitzvah Gimel. Minchas Chinuch discusses the mitzvah of kibbutz avim. Minchas Chinuch has a chakira. Is kibbutz avim mitzvah benam lachavera or benam lamakom? You know the problem with the with kibbutz avim is that it seems like benam lachavera, but it's on the wrong side of the luchos. It's on the it's the, it's the fifth commandment. So it's on the Ben Adam Lamakum side. So is it a Ben Adam Lachaver or Ben Adam Lamakum? Interesting Chakir. Rav Sachs has a beautiful shear, five nafkaminas between Mitzvah Ben Adam Lachaver and Ben Adam Lamakum. Wonderful. Right? There's uh, plenty of nafkaminas. Whether Mitzvah Kibra is Ben Adam Lachaver Ben Adam Lamakum. There is a Gemara in Mesach Spa Metziah that says explicitly that La'achar Moso, you don't have to be Mechabed Aviv Rasha. That, uh, that I shouldn't say Lachman. That talks about a uh, father who charged ribis, and there's a question whether you have to be machzir the ribis after he dies as a way of being mechabidim. So the Gemara says, be machzir as a way of being mechabidim. Why would you have to be mechabidim? The the the, the uh, it's it's uh, the, the, there's no chiv of kavod if he's not uh, if he's not also my samcha. If he's not someone who's also my samcha, you don't have to honor him. If he doesn't behave properly, you don't have to honor him. So the Gemara says, no, no, asa tshuva. If he did tshuva right in his last moment, but he didn't return whatever he was supposed to return because he couldn't because he was dying. So then you would have to you would have to honor him. The implication of that Kamar is that for Aviv Russia, there's no mitzvah of kibbutz. Yet there's a the Rambam Paskins in Hilchus Mamrim in Paragvav Alach Yud Aleph 
that a mamzer is chayiv bekavod aviv umorao, a mamzer is chayiv in kibud aveim, afal pishu patra al makasal bekilvaso atchias atshuva, afilu haya aviv rasho balaveros mechabdo umisyare mimenu. Parents could be a Russia, Balaveros, still have to honor them, still have to have Mora, still have to have uh, covered and Mora of, of the parents who's a Russia. So all the Acharim has the Kasha. Ram is against the Gemara. The Gemara says that of Russia, he's not also my Samcha, you don't have to be Machabed him. So Shachter once pointed out beautifully, he said, Minchaschinuch's Chakira is Kibravei Mitzvah Machaver bin al Makom. Lemainav Kamina, Mitzvah bin al Machaver apply to live people, they generally don't apply to dead people. Mitzvah bin Adam Lamakom, whatever you do, the mitzvah Hakadosh Baruch is always alive, so the mitzvah always applies, right? So he says maybe the din, maybe the mitzvah of Kibbutz is both. It's Beram Lachaveru and bin Adam Lamakom. Elamai, why is it bin Adam Lamakom? What makes Kibbutz Aveim bin Adam Lamakom? So the Gemara says in Kiddushin that the Gimel Shutvin Yeshba Adam Aviv Imo and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and they all go into making men. So if you honor the Shutvim of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it's like you're honoring Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what makes it Ben Adam Lamakom. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "You honor these people; they're, they're my people." So you're honoring me. That's what would be the Ben Adam Lamakom element. When it comes to what's the Ben Adam Lachaver element? It's just you're doing something for someone else, for uh, for for another person. When it comes to the Ben Adam Lamakom element, says Rav Shachter. If the person is a Russia, then it's not a mitzvah bin Adam Lamakom to honor them. Kodesh Baruch is not interested in such partnerships. It's not a, a, a covet to the Ribbon Shalom to honor a Russia. But the bin Adam would still apply for Rav of Russia. So the Rambam writes, if your father's a Russia, you still have to honor him. Because you still have the bin Adam Now if a parent is deceased, you no longer have bin Adam because there's no mitzvah bin Adam for a deceased person. But you would still have the Bein Adam Lamakom element after the parent's deceased. What if the parent is both a Russia and deceased? Then the whole mitzvah falls away. And that's what the Gemara Mbam was talking about. That there's no chiv of being mechavid when they're not osamais amcha because we're talking about a deceased Russia. That's when there's no, there's no chiv of being, of being mechavid. But be that as it may, the mitzvah definitely changes in some way when a parent dies. So even if the gedder of the mitzvah would be, you know, I like when you wear this kind of clothing, if the parent's alive, even if that would be kibur aveim, it doesn't seem that that would fit into kibur aveim l'achermoso. It's reverence l'achermoso, yeah? Um, does, um, does, uh, in, uh, in uh, the mitzvah spin that applies to Russia also? Mitzvah spin Adam Lechavero could apply to Russia, theoretically. I mean, right, it depends which mitzvah. Right, right, it depends which mitzvah. Some of them are Dafka, we say, also my Samcha, but we always have a Pasuk to say like that. Otherwise, it would apply to Russia. So. That's in terms of the um, the way the way the mitzvah changed. What about the limits of kibravei? Meaning, in general, what what are the the gedarim? So, there are. I once gave a shir called. Um, uh, it was supposed to be about the the the, the exceptions to the mitzvah of kibravei, but I, I felt like weird giving a shir on when you don't do kibravei. So I called the shir kibravei always applies except. No, so that's a, that was the type. So it always applies, except like 11 cases where it doesn't apply. So when does Kibra Aveim not apply? So it, it certainly, it would seem, you can categorize the cases that it doesn't apply into two basic categories. If it affects the child's religious life, if it affects the child's social health, 
in either one of those cases, if it affects a child in an extremely negative way, in a negative way, then the Kibravim doesn't apply. For example, if a child is being held back in his learning because of uh, Kibravim, meaning he's not being allowed to develop in learning, so that would, Kibravim would not apply. The Gemara Kiddushin says that with regard to Esfehev Basufa and Davlamit, that a child can speak with Chutzpah in learning to a parent. How could you talk to a parent that way? What do you mean? This is Torah! And then don't worry, at the end of the day, everyone will love each other. But when telling a parent about something that they may be doing incorrectly, why doesn't that go into the same category of learning? You still have, one would still have to speak uh, respectfully and say... Yeah, obviously, because you could accomplish it with, with still maintaining a sense of, of covet over there. I mean, the Yetzirah is, do tell them, right? That's what that Allah is. You do tell them, you just do it in the best way possible. Right? So you'd still, you still, if you could accept Shulakayim Shneim, and certainly, now a parent should tell the child to be mevatel a mitzvah. this way in That obviously you don't listen to a parent when he tells you to violate a mitzvah. Shulchanach talks about a parent tells the child where to learn. I want you to learn in this yeshiva because it's in a safer place than that yeshiva. Shulchanach based on the Shumas says that a child wouldn't have to listen. It's on Gemara Megillah Daf Tazayin really that a child wouldn't have to wouldn't have to listen. Let's say a parent says to a child, "I want you to be mean to somebody." I really dislike this person, so I want you to be nasty to that person. So do you have to listen to a parent? Sometimes families are complicated sometimes. A parent will say, I don't want you to talk to that aunt and uncle. Because I'm angry at them. Not talking is different than being actively Okay, mean. or being actively mean to them. Right, not talking to someone at a sin is also... Who said they would have to know? Right, right, okay. So even... The the uh, the Shulchan Aruch says that because you can't hate any Jew unless you saw them do an avera, so it would seem that you would not you would not be allowed to listen to a parent or something like that. Um, living in Israel is always the uh, you know an interesting one, and the the, the most famous exception of Kibravim. Uh, what's the most famous? Shidduch, right? If, uh, who are you going to marry? Ramah writes in Reishmem Sivchafei, at the very end of Kibravim, that if a parent tells you not to marry this and this person, so you don't have to listen to them. Now, why? This is a, is a very important Bira Gra over there. Why don't you have to listen when your parent tells you not to marry a certain person? So the Bira Gra in Sivchat and Lamed Vav says, because Kibravim doesn't apply to things that don't give parents any benefit. Acts of service are things that actually serve the parents. But if the parent's not going to get any benefit from you marrying who you want to marry. So them telling you not to marry that person is not going to benefit them in any way. Mela, there's no mitzvah of kibravim. So anything that wouldn't give a parent benefit is not going to be mitzvah of kibravim. So that would then bring us to, does the hat during Kaddish make the Kaddish a better Kaddish and therefore benefit the parent in the Olamamet in some way? And that would still be assuming that acts of service is the way to do kibravim. After the parent dies, maybe it's not at all. Maybe it's just uh, it's just it's just speaking reverentially about them. Birgra also says it doesn't apply things that will cause pain to the son, that will cause pain to the child, and not marrying the person you want to marry. Others argue that Rachashulchan says no. The reason that, that that the parent can't tell you who not to marry is because it's a it's a dvar mitzvah that you're supposed to get married and there's a mitzvah after the recha kamocha. So after the recha kamocha means you're supposed to love your wife. But if you can't marry the woman that you love, and you have to marry someone that you don't love, then you're going to be in violation of after the Recha There's It's interesting, there are two places, maybe more, but two places I think of in Shas, where the Gemara uses after the Recha to, to learn a halacha from. 
from after the Rechel Kamocha. What are the two places? You have to see your wife. So one is about your wife. You don't often think about that as your wife. What's the other case? Executing someone. Executing someone in Sanhedrin. You have to choose a good Misa for the person to execute them in the nicest possible way as you're killing them. So it's unbelievable. From the closest person that, that you could ever be with, your, your wife, and someone you're actually, presumably what the Gemara is doing over there is it's setting us up to realize, and everybody in between also, that there is a mitzvah after the Reich but that's, that's how the Archa Shulchan understands that it's an issue of Dvar Mitzvah. But if you say like this Biragra, that it doesn't apply to something that doesn't affect the parent, it's not an act of service at all to the parent, that's going to be detrimental to, to yourself. So that, that's something to consider over here, yeah? According to the brother, the reason was because I feel they don't find the parents get a benefit. But what if the parents say, don't marry that girl, I want you to marry that girl? Because, like, whatever reason they have. She's rich, we're not going to have to support yeah, anything. Something like right, that. something like that. <laughs> Right. Okay. Maybe. Right. That would be enough community between the two reasons of the gra. I guess if there is some some sort of benefit. But I think we would still assume. Now, I always I always caution. This is very important. Whenever I quote this halach of the Rama, it's very very important to realize. Even though technically speaking, a parent doesn't have the right to tell you who not to marry. If a parent is telling you who not to marry, there is very likely a good reason that they are saying that. You may want to hear them out, meaning it is at least worth a conversation and an open mind because parents typically love you and they, they very much want what's best for their children. So it is, uh, it is a worthwhile conversation to have. Yeah. The child feels that the reasoning is not valid. Right, so that's where if I, I would advise, I've been involved unfortunately in more than one of these cases, I would advise the child to speak to a reasonable person before making that determination on their own. Meaning, because the child is emotional. The child doesn't see, let's say, uh, you know, the reason is, um, a lot of times, a girl will say, this guy can't have children. But the girl says, I'm in love with him anyway, I don't care, I can live without children. She thinks now, when she's 19 years old, she can live without children, because a lot of 19-year-olds live without children. But she's not going to realize that when she's 29, it's going to be a lot harder for her. Like, sometimes you just don't have perspective. You don't see the, the whole picture. So sometimes it's important to just to speak to, to reasonable people who have a little more life perspective and probably to sit down together with the parents and, and talk, talk through the issues because a lot of times they, they do know what they're talking about. Sometimes they're just being totally unreasonable. That's true. Sometimes they are. They're, they're being totally unreasonable. But sometimes it's not so, it's not so unreasonable. It's a really good idea to, uh, to at least hear them out. Now, there, there are some that argue if it's a bizayon, then they may be able to tell you not not to marry uh, the person if it's a bizarre to marry the person. Um, the, Rav Vosner writes that in, in, in a tshuva that only if it's if it would be a marriage that would be halachically problematic the parent can stop it. Otherwise they can't claim bizayon. But others would say no. The parent if it's a bizayon to the parents so then it's no gaya to them like the biragra that it's something that's really no gaya to them. You're going to marry someone who uh, whatever who sat in jail for uh, for murder or something. So that, that that's right. if if he sat in jail for white collar crimes uh, maybe he's, he's, probably, he's probably got money hidden somewhere. So that's in certain circles that's that's a better shidduch. But no, if it's a bizayon to the parents, so then that's uh, that's that's something that um, you know that that maybe they they do have a right now. The parent also can ask the child to be mavaza himself. That's also the Chuvas Torah Lashma writes in Simon Reishayin. He proves from Gemara and Ksubis 
that a woman doesn't have to listen to her husband to embarrass herself, even though she has a chiv of cover of her husband. So he says, maybe the same would apply for a child, that to humiliate himself. Let's say the parent says, I want you to wear uh, you know, something that's completely humiliating. I want you to wear a clown outfit every day to yeshiva and to your job. Wear a clown outfit every single day. To yeshiva, okay, mele, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone does their own thing, no one bothers anybody too much. But, you know, to your job. You work in a law firm, wear a clown, a red nose, every single day. To your, so it's, it's a bizarre, so a child does not have to suffer bizarreness. For, uh, for, for, the, for the parents. So one could argue, so let's say this child wants to argue, I daven in a modern Orthodox shul. I wear jeans and a t-shirt every day. So I'm going to go into my jeans, my t-shirt, and I'm going to be the only guy with a hat. So that's a, it's a bizarre for me to wear a hat. Now, you could tell him, so don't wear jeans and a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> you know, put on a nice pair of pants and a uh, button. Right, yeah. it's not yeah. inherently yeah. easy. What? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's camp. Um, uh, so the mitzvah of keep it aim is there's a gemara. The gemara discusses it. Mishal av or Mishal ben. We paskin it's Mishal av. So your parent says, I want you to do the shopping for me. You have you have to say yes. I'll do the shopping for you. Can I have your credit card, please? You you spend their money to do to do the mitzvah for them. Now, if they happen to not have money, your mitzvah of tzedakah starts with them because it's karav karav kodem. It's like ani yircha kodem. But before you even get to ani yircha, ani uh, of your mishpacha come first. So your parents would come before other other aniim if they don't have any money. But if they have money, then yes, the mitzvah would be for for uh, them first. Now, is wearing a hat. He has a hat. He has, well, he has a hat because it obviously probably. I'm saying, well, you know, it's it's. He could pick one of one of his brothers. Will will give him an you know an extra. It's not like I don't think the the money was not the issue over here. He'd be more than you know willing to spend the money. Also, she's not around anymore, so therefore she has that money. She has to spend. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, but that's not free Yeah. So now, how important is it to wear a hat? Is that? Is that an important thing? Yahari <laughs> Valyavar or like not at all? You know, so, so, you, almost everyone holds one or the other, right? <laughs> nothing in between. So um, the, um, the Mishabura writes, Bismanenu, we have to wear a kova barosho, kederach shaholich berachov. Right? That's what the Mishabura writes in, uh, in Simit Sadi Aleph, that when you're davening, you should wear a hat the way you walk in the street. Because that's the way people used to walk in the streets. So Eliezer discusses in the Tshuva, in Chelik Yud Gimel, Simon Yud Gimel, he, uh, he discusses what, what about nowadays that most people don't walk in the street that way, meaning in general society people don't walk that way. So he writes that the Chayadam puts the Dagesh on Kedarach Sholech Baruchov. The Chayadam, that's the real emphasis of Chayadam. He says the Mishabura, Sam es Hadagesh Bazem, Ipreshein Derech Lamar Kenlefeyanashim Chashuvim. So the Mishabura puts the emphasis not so much the way you walk in the street, but the way you would dress in front of Anashim Chashuvim. How do you define Anashim Chashuvim? A senator, a president, or a Gadol Adar? You go visit Rabbi Kanievsky, you put a hat on, even if you don't normally wear a hat, right? You go visit uh, President Obama, you show up in a fedora, he's going to think you're, uh, you know, you're, you're an R&B artist or something. You know, that who wears fedoras? So, yeah. The, the reason why you put on a hat when you go to Rutan Kanievsky is because of this whole discussion that we're having. <laughs> right, it's hat. because he thinks that it's a... Right, in a chinami. Now, when I was... Um, when I came back from Eretz Yisrael, from learning in Karim Biavna, I went... I, I spent a Shabbos in Yeshiva University, 
Um, that was my first Shabbos back. I think it was the only Shabbos I spent there. I don't know. I don't remember. It must have been a Caribbean having a reunion or something the week after I got back. And, um, and they gave me an aliyah for some reason. I guess they were only giving KBY alumni aliyahs. Um, and in uh, the main base medrash. And as I got my aliyah, I was a bachar. I was whatever, 19, 20 years old. And as I got my aliyah, they said, put the talus over your head. And I said, I'm a bachar. I'm not married. Yeah, yeah, put the talus over your head. You sure? Mishabura says Bakr. Yeah, put the talus over your head. If you have a problem with it, go take her up with Rav Shachter. It's his policy. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I put the talus over my head. And then I took her up with Rav Shachter. They told me that. <laughs> so, so I went to Rav Shachter. I had just met him. You know, I just started his shear that week. So, uh, so I asked him, you know, they told me to put the talus over my head. What's the story? So he said, um, he said, yeah, when you say Dover Shepakadusha, it's appropriate to have an Atifa Sarosh. Taz or something. It's appropriate to have an Atifa Sarosh for a Dover Shepakadusha. So I said, wait a second. When I say a Dover Shepakadusha, that wouldn't just be saying Baruch, that would be answering the Baruch also. Meaning, even when someone else gets an Aliyah, that would mean I have to have an Atifa Sarosh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. So, <laughs> so I said, I don't wear a hat. I don't know. Maybe you should get one. So, <laughs> so I got one. So that, that was that, that was the whole conversation. Now a lot of a lot of other people assume not that way that the that the that the whole emphasis is based on dressing up for davening, dressing properly for davening. Rav Shach said, no, to dress properly for davening, you'd wear a tie. That's the way you'd stand in front of Manasheh Mechashuvim. You'd put on a tie for davening. So maybe the, instead of the hat, it should be the tie. But he goes, anyway, for Antifus Arosh, for Dovr Shabbat But still, does it, does it, so Kaddish is Dovr Shabbat obviously. So if you hold that, it's uh, Antifus Arosh is necessary for Dovr Shabbat and that's the proper way to say Kaddish is Dafka to be wearing a hat. So then maybe this is something that's no gay. It's a better Kaddish. You're saying... Love Dafka black hat, no. Yeah. So uh, it would be a better, or a talus over here. It would be a better kad. It could be a turban. It would be a better, a better kad. But if you if you say that it's just a way of dressing up nicely, so it's a better kad. What's the zchus of kad? Now one could argue even if it is a better kad, it's not really a better kad. What's the whole zchus of kad? The Gemara in Brachs of Gimel says that the uh, the the that when Hakadosh Baruch Hu hears and he says, "I never should have destroyed the base of Mikdash," and he feels, uh, you know, he feels it really pulls at the heartstrings of Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyachal is when you say Yehishmei Gadol Mivarach when you, you say Yehishmei Raba. That's what the Gemara says. That's that tefillah is the most powerful tefillah. So what's the zchus of Kaddish? The zchus of Kaddish is that you're getting a whole minion of people to say Yehishmei Raba. So it's not really so much about what you're saying that's the zechus. It's the fact that you're causing others, when you see people talking, talking during Kaddish, you're robbing this guy of his Kaddish. Because his whole, his whole kunt in saying the Kaddish is to get everybody to say, Yehishmei Rabbah, and that's the ultimate tefillah. So it's about everybody else. So you should have to hand out hats to everybody else if it's a maila in the, uh, in the Kaddish. But she never requested that. So maybe it's not a mile in the in the Kaddish on that level. Yeah. What's the advantage of the hat over a kippah? Like so a, a, a kippah is not an atifa. It's not a, it doesn't wrap the you know around the head. It's a kisui arosh. There are different levels of kisui arosh. There are different gemaras that seem to imply that there are different levels of kisui arosh for married people, not married people. When you say davar shabbatusha, when you don't, so it's a it's a more complicated sugya. Exactly what there's a, a two volume sefer that just came out, Otsar Hakipa. Two volumes, big fat volumes. A guy I know wrote the Sefer. He's, he's a very inspiring fellow. He used to be, I think, he was a lawyer in Los Angeles, and he would wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and learn for like three, four hours every morning 
before he'd go to work, and he'd give shiurim on Shabbos, and uh, he published his shiurim, Hagione Aparsha, you ever see Blue Sefer, Hagione Aparsha, he has a few volumes, and then I think he retired, and he moved to Israel, and he learns all day, and now he, he gives shiurim, and he writes these, these uh, svarim, so he spent a lot of time researching yarmulkes and hats, so I'm sure he discusses it. So, so why would it have to be a fedora then? If he was saying oh, love Dafka it doesn't have to be, but it wouldn't, but it, it just, it would have to be a hat, it would have to be something that goes around. Right, I'm saying, like, well, a baseball cap would probably be a lot easier for him. But that, that's not covered for the tefillah. And the mother specifically... And the, the right, the mother specifically <laughs> said this. Now, I was trying to find... Most of the people that I spoke to about this shayla said, what's the mother thinking? Like, how, how, you know, how unfortunate that she's still thinking that way when that insistence almost led this kid to never come back. But she didn't really know that because she didn't know the extent to which... He, you know, to which he wasn't religious. She didn't know he was eating the veils and trefas. You know, she thought, okay, so he's not so from. Like, she couldn't imagine. She couldn't be masig it. So she didn't even realize. But still, it's so unfortunate. Maybe had she realized just what this means to him, why, and why it means that to him, because of what it led him, you know, in his mind, at least, led him to do. So maybe she wouldn't have made that request. Maybe she's missing information over here. So I was trying to find someone Who's going to tell me that you have to listen? Because I thought it was Dov Pasha that you don't have to listen in this case. I thought that if someone asks you, should I fill my mother's dying wishes? So what does that tell you? Who has to ask if you should It must be so painful for him to wear a hat. To ask, should I do this? It's my mother's dying wish. It must have been so painful for him that like that clearly Kibaravim wouldn't apply in something that's so painful for a person. And, you know, if it's, there's certainly what to rely on that there's no chiv to wear a hat. Right? There's certainly what to rely on in terms of post. I guess maybe because I learned in Karen Biavdin, my Rosh Hashiva didn't wear a hat. So it's uh, certainly what to rely on in terms, of, in terms of that. So I was trying to find who's going to tell me that, that, that he has to wear a hat. So no, where would I go? Yeah, you got to go to the most Haredi person. You know, you got you got to you got you got to go to someone who has really good credentials, good Haredi credentials. So who better than Rav Zilberstein? So I, I sent the, the letter to Rav Zilberstein. I sent the, the, this week. I sent it to him, and he sent back. He sent back the following. Oh, this just happened. Yeah, no, this happened two years ago. I just sent him to get his opinion. I thought he'd like it and put it in one of his farm, and he he will. <laughs> <laughs> so he writes. Nira, sheyesh leben mitzvah l'shmoa b'kol imo shemitzavah so l'hal b'shkova b'shas amirus hakadosh. He should listen. Why? He says ki arei imo rotsa b'tovaso. She wants what's good for him. Va'akova yisimen sha'adam ze ola umisala. What does a hat mean to Rabbi He doesn't say atifus roch. Doesn't say kederek shalmidufnei melech. No, he says a hat says something about you socially. It's a simen shu ola umisala. The way he understands it, it's a simon that you're a Ben Aliyah. So think about that for a second. Let, let's take it seriously. It's not a joke. It's a simon that you're a Ben Aliyah. What does he mean by that? It's a simon that you're a Ben Aliyah. So you know when uh, you see a guy go into a movie, that's rated R, let's say, and the guy has a yarmulke on his head. Not like uh, X-rated movie, an R-rated movie. So what do you think to yourself when you see someone go into a movie? What's your question? What kind of yarmulke is he wearing, right? If he's wearing a tiny little yarmulke and he's wearing jeans and a t-shirt, he's okay, he's fine, so that's what he does. 
You see a guy going with a black hat into the R-rated movie. What do you say? A hypocrite? How could a hypocrite? Why? Because the assumption is that when you dress a certain way, you're putting yourself in a category of B'nai Aliyah, where you demand a little more of yourself. Whatever the, the reason for that assumption is. I think that's what he's saying. That it's a simon that you're all in Masala. And that put, the mother wants him to put himself socially in a certain place so that certain things will become at least uncomfortable for him. It's not about the Atifas Arosh, it's not about the covenant of the Tefillah, it's not about... She wants him to wear a hat because she wants him to be uncomfortable going mixed swimming. She wants him to wear a hat because she wants him to be uncomfortable going to movies. That's what she's interested in. It also shows that he has a sense of self-respect. Okay, there are a lot of things that are just, you wouldn't do if you wear a hat. Or aren't appropriate for a guy who wears a hat. And then he says, you should tell him what it says in the Navi Yir Miyoh Paraklamet Hey where the Pesukim talk about all the brachas that go to someone who listens to his parents, to uh, the children of the Yichas Ishli, Yonadav ben Rechav. So, and all those brachas that you look in your Yomiyolam, and hey, tell him it should apply to him, and he should dafka wear that. It's an interesting perspective. I, it happens to me he didn't. He didn't wear a hat. I told him he didn't have to, and it's on my head that he didn't wear a hat. Because I told him he didn't have to. But I, did, I thought it, it's not in the gather of Kibra Aveim. But the, but the the you know when he talks for for a hat for a lot of people is a very contentious issue. It's a very emotional issue, and you know sometimes it's hard to see the the other side. It's hard to see the other perspective. But I thought that was a very interesting perspective. It's not about the hat. It's about what what you associate with, what kind of image you're trying to project, and once you project that image, what kinds of behaviors you will now try to stay away from. Yeah. Yeah, she was saying, when you say Kaddish for me, wear a hat, right? But I think she was trying to start with something, you know, and then hoping that it would... Uh, she obviously wanted him to wear it all the time, but she didn't request that of him. She thought that would be too much too much to ask of him. Okay, we didn't get to Midvar Shekhar Tirchak. Uh, Pashto says he should not lie in that, uh, in that situation. So you shouldn't lie to, your, to, to a dying mother, Nistama. I don't think you have to be a Rashka Bahag to pass her that. Okay.